Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of NFL Only Better. And before I get straight into it, of course, it must be mentioned that uh, well, you're obviously listening to us, so you're a fan of the show, but you could be watching us on YouTube. I just want to remind everyone that we are on YouTube. That's right. It's myself, it's Mike Carson, and it's John Balfe. Now, in audio and the visual spectrum. Gentlemen, yeah. welcome. I hate to think what they might have been looking for and then stumbled over this video. <laughs> <laughs> might have a bit of a worry. Yeah. All right, Jen. Kieran, yeah. where's that hoodie that you're normally wearing? <laughs> <laughs> did, just before we press record, did realize I was wearing the same hoodie as last week, so I decided to change. I think, I think that, John, sh- that was not for. for um, <laughs> I think it could be your thing, though. You know, it yeah, could be the hoodie I wear. In, I think you got three thing. euros for it at the pawn shop. <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, well, it was a bit of a strange one. Um, so yes, we're on YouTube. Uh, so thank you. Uh, a couple of comments as well uh, coming in on YouTube. Uh, so it's always great to hear from you. Um, Myself, John and Mike are all on Twitter. If you want to get involved, ask us any question. And uh, I believe Mike is on some fetish sites as well. You can contact him on. <laughs> but uh, I don't think he used a real name, do you, on those ones? No, that's, why I got, that's why I bought that hoodie in, in Dublin for four euros. <laughs> yeah, maybe That is an Under Armour hoodie. They're very expensive. Anyway, um, so, gentlemen, uh, let's talk about last week's best bets. Um, <laughs> do we have to? Uh, Actually, it's not a very good Mark. advertisement for the show. Well, I mean, like in general, obviously, you guys like to talk about the the games that you like to talk about and usually those bets. But the best bets is one of the crucial parts. But unfortunately, of it's what we keep track of. Um, and I had a winner. Thankfully, then well, well, uh, done, well done. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know what's the? It was a classic, by the way. <laughs> what was, remind remind us what was your one again? Mine was um, it was uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus one and a half. Oh in right, the yeah, yeah, Superdome. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we've come to learn that sort of garbage time is the enemy of the best bet. And, oh uh, yeah, it's it's what mm-hmm. really yeah, yeah. proved to me my undoing. I I had the um, the Rams to absolutely destroy um, the Falcons, and for nine tenths of the game they did up until when uh up until the atlanta's late resurgence so they uh the rams ultimately won 31 to 27 so my best bet was looking phenomenal until it wasn't unfortunately yeah, yeah. And i had the chiefs on thursday night but but i was giving four and a half and they won by three so mm. i thought they'd have more than the field goal my bad. yeah it's it's a tough one all right it's a tough one but look hey i won so that's the main thing um <laughs> We're going to talk uh, about, well, a, a, a huge amount today. We're going to try and fit as much as we can in. Just want to mention just a few little bits about uh, the outrights. Buffalo Bills are now the outright uh, favourites to win the AFC at 9-4. Kansas are 7-2, and it is eight sparse. A little bit of a change there. Uh, it looks like it's a, a bit of a shootout between the Bills and the Dolphins for the AFC East, but I should mention it's 1-5 to five now uh, about the Bills. One that, that just caught my attention, guys, and we don't have to go into much detail really about it, but I just want to give you the odds first and see what you think, which is the AFC South, which when we did our season preview show, you may remember that the Indianapolis Colts were 3-10 to 10 to win it-ish. Uh, heavy odds on. Uh, it was around about 13 to 8 about the uh, Tennessee Titans, and then the others were hugely priced. I can tell you now that the Colts are 5 to 4, the Titans are 15 to 8, the Jags are 11 to 4, and obviously the Texans are 10 to 1. But certainly there's been a lot of move for the Jags, and the Colts and the Titans have, have both drifted, in fact, 5 to 4 now about the Colts. Um, we used to always make fun, I suppose, of um, the Giants and the Eagles and the Cowboys division. Whoever comes out of that at the moment looks like they'll probably be a poor enough team, Mike, don't they? 
Well, it, it's been, you know, it's been that way for a few years, not that they were bad teams, but that, that division would always someone who, who finished nine and nine and seven in the old, in the old money, you know, nowadays <laughs> that there isn't, there isn't that, that kind of, um, no, sorry. Someone who finished nine and seven, eight in those days, it was, uh, it was 16 games would win the division, you know, by a game. They'd go down to Houston and win the last game, or Houston would beat them in the last game of the season. They'd they'd sneak in the playoffs and get beaten in the in the first in the wild in the first round. Um and we look it looked to be about the same thing this year. Everybody was high on Indianapolis. I think there's two things going on. One is um well three things. One is that they always lose in Jacksonville. Um, That's true. Doesn't matter who's the coach, who's the quarterback. Um two two is Matt Ryan's arm looks not like spaghetti, but like over overboiled, mm-hmm. <laughs> overboiled ZD or, or you know uh, rigatoni. It, it's just like that. He was throwing all floaters. I mean, I didn't see zip, and, and admittedly, nope. I didn't. This is what live. On. This is what live can be like, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> While Mike is doing that um, as well, we leave him to us. Just, just a little bit for. I'm going to switch it up to you, John. Bob. In, yeah. And I want to talk to you about the NFC North uh, because Green Bay Packers are ten to eleven now. Minnesota Vikings seven to five. You still sticking with Green Bay, yeah? Until proven otherwise, yeah. I think um, you know, there's still they still have some questions in that in that team, but. You know, I'm just looking at the uh, at the division here. Everybody's one and one so far, uh, so it's it's still all to play for, I think. But of those teams, despite that, like I mean, we I think it's probably fair to say that you can write off Chicago. I, I don't really forecast a great deal for them this year, despite like I said, everyone being on an even keel as we speak today. Um, but the I think the team that's really interesting there is the sort of resurgence of the Detroit Lions, at least from the the offensive standpoint. Uh, they're what have they put up third off the top of my head 36 and 35 points in their two games this year and Jared Goff looks like he's well like I mean I don't think he'll ever be a top 10 quarterback um but he's whatever he, he was he functioned well in the LA Rams offense because he was guided by McVeigh and it seems like whatever sort of whispering is going on in his headset before before a snap it seems to be working but I just I love what they're doing there I, I think like I said DeAndre Swift is a, is the great player he's arguably the the best running back in the in the league just through two games now of course but so far he's the one that stood out to me the best um but yeah. it's hard to it's hard to look uh elsewhere other than than green bay even even shorn of, of Devonte adams at this point mike yeah, would you like a- my a- stash a- amon ra um amon ra yes yeah, really yeah. playing well i mean last i watched you know the end of last season he did really well but you were thinking well, possession receiver, they're throwing him lots of short passes. They're getting a good amount of yak from him. Um, but now, you know, downfield running, um, he really is is a weapon for them. And, you know, they played one half of really good defense, and then they took their foot off the pedal, I think, in the second half against Washington. Now, Washington's a horrible defensive team, so we'll have to see what happens when they, they play the better teams. Uh, going back to Indy, the third factor in that is Frank Reich has to figure out how to make the offense work with Matt Ryan at quarterback, which I don't think they've done. They're, they're too good offensive line wise, um, Jonathan Taylor running back wise. And and the big, the big problem is they're trying to run a Matt Eberflus defense or they're built for a Matt Eberflus defense, but that's not what they're running. So their defense is, is kind of suspect. Um, I don't know who, who you should like in that, you know, the, the tendency is to think that Tennessee is going to do their normal kind of eke out, 
enough wins to to make it make it in the playoffs. But um, based on last week, uh, you would jump to the conclusion that's going to that's going to be difficult. You know, ten, ten, Buffalo probably think fits in that factor and talking about the NFC North Minnesota, who we liked a lot, didn't look very good against Philadelphia, mm. but I think people now are going to jump on the Philly bandwagon, not just for the division, but I, you know, I think right now they've inserted themselves into that small group of favorites in the NFC, which is a lot more open than they the have. two team, the two team race in the AFC. They yeah, no, my, they have, they, they have, were my dark horse, if you remember correctly. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. Fair, a great shout. They're now five to one to win the NFC. Uh, very quickly on, on, on the Bears, Justin Fields is actually currently ranking as 33rd in pass attempts. A reminder, there are only 32 teams in the NFL. <laughs> so you can work that one out for yourself. He threw for 70 yards. That's just yeah. not, if, it's not if, phenomenal. If they, it's not great. If they can get bad <laughs> weather, guys. if they can get bad weather in a lot of games, do, they can do okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, but look at the improve. Look at the improvement in Jalen Hurts, who you know, in many ways, is is a Justin Fields kind of quarterback. And you, you know, you want to run a kind of single wing or option offense around him. But Hurts threw the ball really well. They've given him weapons. They've built an offensive line. They've given him weapons there at receiver uh, and at running back. And the Eagles, you know, I think when you look at their lines, the building from the inside out really is traditionally the way to go and, and still is, you know, the flashy way is to, is to bring in the, the big names at, you know, at edge rusher or, or cornerback or, or um, receiver. But, but if you can build strength in inside, I think that works really well. Okay. Uh, well, look, we want to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about the Broncos. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jets and the Giants, about winning, we're going to talk about Jimmy G uh, coming in um, uh, to uh, take up his position with the 49ers. But all those games <laughs> are games that the guys want to talk about. So I think it's only fair that we jump straight in. And uh, John, we'll go to you first. And uh, look, it's, it's Pittsburgh Steelers at Cleveland Browns. It's 17 to mm. 10 about the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Cleveland Browns are 1-2. This is, of course, Thursday night football. If you're staying up late. I'm straight in there. Straight uh, in there to this one. Thirty-eight <laughs> Brownie the elf. Brownie the elf. Uh, yeah, 38. Fantastic. It's the thing. Wow. Is these uh, double points <laughs> mark. And the handicap is 4.5. John, you must have thought that um, the Browns were going to win at the weekend so did literally every human being watching that game <laughs> if you look at the uh, you know and the browns fans yeah like and here's one and of the them. mascot on the field <laughs> if you looked at the um you know the uh, the win probability that they flash up on the screen as that game was entering the uh, just a few seconds ahead of the two minute warning in the fourth quarter the browns were and i'm not making this up 99.9 percent favored to win that game but uh, they were unfortunately undone by uh, a Nick Chubb touchdown, which is kind of an unusual thing to say, because if Chubb had done what he did last season, I think he did it last season against the Falcons he did. off the yeah. top of my head. He, yeah. uh, he, was, he was running through and then he realized I can step out of bounds here and then we can just kneel three times and, and win the game. If he had done that, if he had not scored that touchdown uh, late against the, against the Jets, Browns would have done the exact same thing and we wouldn't be sitting here talking about a crisis in Cleveland or one of their several crises that they seem to, uh, that has just infused through that entire organization. But um, so having said that, they're a very disappointing one-on-one. Uh, they, could be coming, they could be coming into this, settle down, Mike, it's my, it's my turn to talk. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they could be coming into this uh, as, as a 2-0 team and, you know, coming into this season. They could, yeah. Whether or not we're... Um, you know, it, or, or 
it's not worth getting into it again, but the, obviously the Deshaun Watson situation is a very, very uh, divisive issue for obvious reasons and for very, very good reason too. But from a, just from a pure footballing perspective, the idea from that organization was to get to week 11 or get, is it week 12 when he starts? Whenever get get Watson's suspension over and done with, with as good a record as possible to try and, you know, assume that he doesn't have any rust, assume he hits the ground running and that they can make a push towards the playoffs. And this was the type of game that you can't throw away um, if you're going to to, uh, to to sort of take that 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 strategy, um, so two and zero is not as good as uh, or is a lot better than one and one. Now, coming into this game against the Steelers, which is at First Energy Stadium again, it's in Cleveland. It's interesting to see, but it's you know this is almost we're we're it's the third week of the season and it's a must-win game for both of these teams, uh, particularly coming off what was just an overall bad weekend for all the teams in the, in the AFC North um, last weekend. I think they, yeah, they all lost. So um, in, in this one, I, I'm still favoring the Browns. If they can, if they can remedy what's looking like a concerning sort of ineptitude from the defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, where they threw away, what was it? 14 points in the last two minutes to the irrepressible March of Joe Flacco. If they can get rid of those things, uh, they should be in good stead. Now in the, from their side of things, the Steelers offense is looking as bad as the brand's defense is. So I wouldn't necessarily be thinking that the Steelers are going to put up a, a range of points or, or they'll score the 30 odd points that the jets did. Um, so I think this very much has the game where they put Brissett in there, hope he makes as few mistakes as possible, give the ball to Nick Chubb and have him just run behind the O-line and uh, win in what should again be kind of uh, all going well from their from their standpoint, win what should be a low scoring game. So I think uh, Brown's minus four and a half is the pick on this one uh, until sort of proven otherwise. And also just as, a, as, a, as my last thing I'll say is I think I just have a suspicion if this good game goes as I think it might be, this might be the last time we see Trubisky for a while and it might be uh, when they start to heed the calls for Kenny Pickett to get the start next week. Yeah, Pickett's charge begins then. Um you're very harsh on Nick Chubb. You know, two minutes, you're up by seven. You're going to go up by two touchdowns. They can score. You'll get the ball back, and, and the game's over. I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even think he was considering. That. I don't think it's. I, I would, not, I'm not think it's his fault whatsoever. You have to assume the defense can hold no, up, and you have to assume that your hands team can yeah, get the. You have to pitch, assume you know? that a. You're not going to let Gabe Davis go uncovered down the field 67 yards for a touchdown with nobody within 20 yards of him mm-hmm. that well he wasn't the only guy <laughs> they cleveland weren't the only team that did that you know the ravens did it as well yeah. um and you should you if you want to blame someone blame amari cooper for not being able to handle the onside kick when that's what he's on the field for is mm-hmm. to handle the onside kick and i can't remember was it hardy uh from the jets who made that play to knock the ball keep the ball from going out of bounds and and um push it back on the field yeah. so they could recover i mean that was the star play of the game but but i mean blame those guys I, oh for sure yeah this this week's game it was five and a half yesterday. It's down to four and a half. Now the Steelers were getting five and a half. So it looks like people are thinking that Pittsburgh doesn't need as much help as they might, might've thought they were. But to me, this game boils down to Trubisky against Brissett. Um, two guys who were, I think by nature, backup quarterbacks and, and Brissett certainly played a pretty good game until he threw that late interception, um, which was not a good throw by any means. And Trubisky, he doesn't play stinkers. What he does is he just seems to miss things. He misses occasional open passes. He misses open receivers. You know, he makes it easy for a defense to play against them. But 
their offensive line is a mess. Cleveland's offensive line is good. That's the biggest takeaway I take from this. And without TJ Watt, so far, or at least one game, you know, worth against New England, they weren't able to put the the real big pressure on Jones. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to take Pittsburgh. In fact, I was thinking of taking Pittsburgh with five and a half as my best bet. But at four and a half now, I'm going to reconsider that. And I was looking at the under, but this week the unders have really gone under. And 38 and a half may be a little too under for me. If it was 41, I, was I might take I might take the under. Okay, okay. I don't blame Amari Cooper or Amari Pooper, as I call him, because malarious. Um, and he stands. <laughs> I bl- I'd blame him. Uh, but that, that, we've seen that happen before. I, I was Seattle Green Bay years ago. Go to the. I think it was nearly the Super Bowl game. AFC, NFC. Well, sorry. Yeah, that was that, that. That was the tight Jordan end. Nelson. Um, no, it was a tight end um, who went up and dropped the ball. He it yeah. was a high high offside Ooh, kick. Yeah, we've backup seen t- backup tight end. I can't remember his name. It wasn't uh, Rodgers. It was a, it was um, the other a, one. It's it's a it's a fluky thing, you know. Obviously, he should be able to catch it. But I mean, oh yeah, these mm-hmm. things happen. Um, and the other thing there, Nick Chubb might have had it in his head about the fact that when he did that, he did get a bit of crap for it. If you remember, a lot of people like, obviously people are giving up mostly about fantasy and, 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 no. and, the, and the previous and season. Like, yeah. Yeah. But he did it. Like he got, he got a lot of grief. I don't think he was thinking it. We're, we're, we're in a seal it down situation right now, you know, and, and I can't disagree with him, you know, two minutes to play. You're going oh, in for yeah. a touchdown. Abs- absolutely. Two, two. Yeah. yeah. Plus Caleb York missed the extra point, which was key, which was really crucial. Yeah. Because you know, if you're up 14, then you know, then you you they're either going to have to go for two or you go to overtime. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, a couple of uh, a couple of decent shouts there. Uh, Baltimore Ravens take on the New England Patriots on uh, on Sunday. Excuse me, uh, six to ten about the Ravens. The Patriots are eleven to eight. It's three points at the moment. The spread and the over under is forty three point five. Mike, you were keen to come in and talk about this one. Which on paper, straight away, kind of a lot of people looked at it as possibly, you know, one of the locks of the weekend, which would be the Ravens, surely. Well, we have a few questions um, based we on do. their performance against Miami. Um, and I note that Duvernay is out, which is probably going to hurt them a little bit um, offensively. <clears throat> they haven't put their running game together. The whole running game was Lamar Jackson, and that makes them relatively easy to defend. Um, Bateman, I love. Uh, and and he's he's coming along nicely, but Miami, Miami were able to take advantage of their defense not pressuring Tua. I think that was probably the key. If you give him time, and you don't press, you don't double cover Tyreek Hill, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. You know, if Waddle's going to beat you, Waddle's going to beat you. But you don't give. I mean, on the first touchdown, Tua underthrew him by. I don't know, two yards, three yards, but he was six yards open. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, he could have fair caught the ball if he wanted to, <laughs> you know, and, and, and the second one was just, just, just horrible coverage. So, you know, it, it seemed to me a very strange thing that they were go- doing defensively against the Dolphins. Um, now, having said that, the Patriots have nobody who's the threat to beat you deep mm-hmm. unless you leave them alone, you know, alone. And their offense is about as complicated and, and puzzling as Woody Hayes' 1958 Ohio State team that threw, I don't know, 48 times all season, you know. Mac Jones is under a bit of pressure, not a lot, but a bit. 
and he's missing open receivers to go to guys who are covered. He's going to Devontae Parker when he's double covered with no success at all. There's a meme that went around that I hadn't seen um, in in the play, but little Jordan Humphrey is streaking down the field with nobody within 30 yards of him. And Mac Jones doesn't straight ahead, doesn't see him because the rush is in front of him and, and throws. So I don't, I mean, I would be That's jumping. The meme. You know what a meme is, right? That sounds like a picture. <laughs> no, it's just a meme. It shows the, it's a still, you know, uh, anyway, go, whatever, whatever. <laughs> um, you know, look, I'm, I'm, I'm fully in the 20th century. Don't worry. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, know what, I know things. what. I know what cooks. Um, <laughs> anyway, normally I would look at this game and think that Baltimore, Baltimore was was going to win it. There's that little. There's that little itch there that the Patriots getting points at home is such a rare occasion. You almost want to jump on it that way. And I think if it were more than three, I might well, might well take a stab at it. But but basically, I think. Baltimore is a good one. 43.5, I think I might go under on, strangely enough, because although Baltimore, as I said, Baltimore's weak, weakness defensively is one the Patriots aren't going to exploit, and the Patriots have only given up, um, I think it's, what's the average? It's like 15 points a game, but, but Miami's 20 points was a, one was a, um, one was a uh, fumble recovery touchdown and one field goal came directly off an interception. So they basically played really good defense against Pittsburgh and Miami. So I might go under on that game might be the best bet. Okay. Uh, John, I know you want to talk about uh, the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. So mm-hmm. I'll give you the prices for that, but you can, you can come in and, and give us any view that you have or, or don't have any view. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, that's uh, what I just don't have any, any Ravens Patriots, game. but uh, for you, the Bills, Four to nine, um, Miami Dolphins nine to five. Five point five is the uh, spread at the moment. Fifty two point five. We're expecting a high scoring game. So, mm-hmm. really, like we're talking about teams here that, that Mike talked about the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, that was an incredibly exciting game, and they're at the end. They're at the you know they they get the loss in the end, despite being up for long periods. And then you come to a game like you want to talk about, which is the Bills and Dolphins, which is a complete flip side. So Dolphins come in, exactly. you know, pumped up, but they're facing a team that are now, you know, very much the favorites for the Super Bowl. Four to one favorites for the Super Bowl. Been cut a bit to start the season. Already beaten last year's winners and just destroyed the Titans. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're very much living up to the billings so far this season, aren't they? I do remember... Coming back into week one, I was a little hesitant uh, uh, with the Bills uh, based upon just, you know, they were excellent last season, but I did see, I think there was a couple of deficiencies here and there. So I did think that their opening week game uh, against away to the Rams would be sort of a difficult one for them. And I picked the Rams in that one, unfortunately, when I was was quite wrong, as it turned out. Um, So that's one of those things I think I've learned my lesson with this, with this Bills team. But I think this is the game. When, you, when I was just looking to the schedule for the third week of the season, this is the one, and I'm sure you guys probably agree with me, this is the one that kind of jumps off the page the most, uh, just from the potential for point scoring, the potential for exciting football. Um, now, I'll, I'll jump, I'll cut to the chase. Uh, I think Buffalo should quite... Maybe not handsomely, but they should win. Uh, everything is pointing in the direction that the most in, they're the favorites, the most arguably the most informed team in the league. They're nine and one against Miami in the last ten, uh, and I think you can look look for that streak to continue. Um, but that's not to say that they're going to go in there and whitewash this Dolphins team, as we saw for large stretches 
of the well the second half really against Baltimore last week they're very capable of putting points on the board when they need to and uh Tua was kind of you know we've been a critic of his in, in on the on this show in the last year or two occasionally for somebody who came into the league admittedly injured but who came into the league with such high expectations who would have been probably a number one pick if he didn't get that that really terrible injury in college uh they took a gamble on him and it looks like the, that gamble is paying off a little bit he played very very well um, last weekend, in, in, again, in stretches against the Ravens. But crucially, when you bring in somebody at great expense like Tyreek Hill, there needs to be some sort of ability for him to work alongside the quarterback. And look, the, uh, the signs so far this season are good. And when you have someone like Ty- Tyreek Hill, and Mike actually mentioned it uh, when he was reflecting on last week's game against Baltimore, it's that when you have Tyreek Hill there, you got to put two guys on him. That's just that's just the way it is. And and Mike said, you know, whatever happens with Jalen Waddle will happen with Jalen Waddle. But he put up 160, 170 yard yards and a couple of touchdowns as well last week. So if you leave him alone, if you leave him unguarded, if you put your third corner on him, or you put you sort of have to move a safety across to kind of keep an eye on him, that opens up gaps even for other people as well. But you know, Waddle is, is he's looking like the real deal to me, and uh, certainly someone who can take advantage of the situations that's presented in front of him. So while I did, while it does look like that Miami are building something there this season, and I, even you know. We were all big uh, Flores fans coming to the tail end of last year and stuff, mm-hmm. I think. But I, I still, it looks like they've even improved. It's, again, small sample styles, but it still looks like they've improved even beyond that. Because remember, again, Flores last season was very up and down. He started the season terribly and finished it brilliantly. So uh, they've maintained that momentum. It looks like they've consolidated slightly. So they're, they're, they do look like a legit team. But, you know, they won't be the last team to, uh, to lose to Buffalo this season. And uh, I, I think that's how it's going to go. So I'd be happy enough to take the bills minus five and a half on this. Mike, over Jay, to you. Yeah. Yeah. Allen, Allen is like seven and one against Miami um, and is thrown for 2000 yards basically. So that'd be a 4,000 yard season with 42 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Now the defensive coordinator is still the same, um, even though Flores is gone. So I I think I I kind of agree. The only, the only thing that would make me hesitate is the heat. If that has that kind of late game effect on, on Buffalo, um, which lets Miami, let's say they've built up a lead, lets Miami back in and you get another kind of, fourth quarter rally situation like you had against Baltimore, which could make things interesting. So I'm, I'm a little hesitant on the five and a half, um, but probably not enough to, to uh, take Miami. And, and I noticed as again, this is another one since yesterday that over under has gone down one point. Um, you know, I wonder, I wonder if it might go down a little bit more. What's the over under again? 52 and a half. 52, now. It was 53 okay. yesterday. Yeah. It's a lot. Like it is a lot nowadays. Mm. I mean, we that saw. is a lot. Yeah. But if you're, uh, this is the one. Like I said, kind of in my my intro bit to that. This would be the one that if if it's if 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 I was going to say, okay, John, pick one that you think will go over, and this one, I think I would select this. But I I just like the. Uh, Hey John, pick one game to go over this weekend. But uh, Bills and Dolphins, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <That's how we laughs> I, I, I like the minus five and a half a bit more. I have to say. Okay. Yeah. Right. Also, uh, it's got to be mentioned about Tyreek Hill. Like, I mean, it seemed very clever pickup. Um, so far, it looks like a real masterstroke, doesn't it? By the by mm-hmm. Dolphins, I mean, he, we knew he was last. Look at what he did to the Chiefs, but I mean, it's always a question mark when you separate yours. When when there's a duo like that, when you've got Mahomes and Hill, or or the various other ones in the league, there's always a, a question: is like what happens when you take one away from the other? Again, even like the Brady Belichick um, conversation. So uh, I think yeah, they're they're showing that they're both good players, as it turns out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Tom Brady and Tariq Hill. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you think back to how teams defended the Chiefs when Hill was there, you know, and, and basically you're, you're, you're going to play too deep and, and you're going to let them go to Travis Kelsey. And if Travis Kelsey gets 10 catches for 120 yards, it's not necessarily going to beat you. But if Tyreek Hill gets four catches for 120 yards, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the difference. Uh, yeah, and, and interesting, he got his first two touchdowns as well. Like in, in game one against uh, New England, uh, eight receptions or 94 yards, no touchdowns. Yeah. But they, 11 they receptions. Held, they held oh. him in, they held him basically. They did, you know, yeah. Underneath, you know, and, and give him the catches, but don't let him beat you deep. Uh, 190 yards at the weekend for two touchdowns. As I know, as the person I was playing in fantasy football had him, and he did nothing in the first half. He did nothing. And then <laughs> oh, yeah, an explosion we were, of like 15 the, minutes. Uh, the development of those messages you were sending to our WhatsApp group were very, very funny. Uh, he, I also, I, he, the guy I was playing also had that Lions guy that had an amazing game. Uh, the Brown, the, I guess. The, 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 yeah, the St. Brown guy. Mm-hmm. In the space of like 15 minutes, his team doubled its points. Like it just, every time I looked at it, there was like another touchdown for it. Anyway, it's just like such a frustrating thing. I just yeah, hate, <laughs> hate everyone. My favorite thing of the whole weekend was that nobody mentioned Brian Flores in the game against New England. <laughs> it's like someone. I think I think I and Eagle. I think get them. They're going to get on me for mispronouncing McPherson and I and Eagle can't even pronounce his own name. Um, but you know, well, I'm still worried about this meme thing. I got to say, yeah, he <laughs> said he said. Um, he said something like, oh, and Brian Flores, you know, he used to coach for the Patriots, but no, no mention of, you know, Belichick's email or Belichick's text message yeah. to him, you know, that started the whole lawsuit against the NFL that got him, you know, partially got him fired from the Dolphins and all. No mention at all, you know. Yeah, like, I'm not surprised he didn't mention it. Um, 925 contest. Sorry for banging there, people. Los Angeles Rams take on the Arizona Cardinals. It's one to two about the Rams. Arizona Cardinals are eight to five. 3.5 is the spread and the uh, over-under is 49.5. Mike, you were the one I wanted to say, have a little chat about Rams, Cardinals. Connor Murray, like, wow. You know, and yeah. on the weekend, the Call of Duty came out, which statistically is a weekend he plays poorly because he is obsessed with Call of Duty. Who, sorry, who was that? <laughs> he didn't do his homework. He was busy playing Call of Duty. You know? Yeah, he's 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 a extreme well, it, Call it, of it Duty. Kind of, it, it kind of it kind it kind of looked that Mike is once it, again. It kind of it kind of looked that way. You know, um, there was no there was nobody. Again, I think the the rush just wore out basically. But you know, you you watched Kyler Murray and 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 the touchdown. No, the extra point, the two point conversion. Amazing. He's he's got a receiver open. He comes to the right. The receiver's in the corner of the end zone, wide open. He doesn't throw the ball, and that means you have to go through the twenty second, da- you know, dance before before he goes in. And to me, that's the basic problem with Kyler Murray. Is you know, great when the game breaks down in that sense, but not not so good when you can keep him in the pocket. He's not not that effective. Um, and it's, it's like I'll tell thought, you, you know, so yeah, that's... I'll tell you the, the AJ Green catch was to me wasn't a catch. I'm, I'm not sure why it was so debatable or, or stuff like that. It just it just didn't seem to me like like he he was he was making catches, which he needs to do because they don't have DeAndre Hopkins because of because of his um, his suspension. So I, I think you know, looking at this game, Arizona's at home. They're getting three and a half as home dogs. 
Yeah. And I can see the scenario whereby Matt Stafford turns the ball over for the Rams. Um, I can see the scenario where their defense maybe doesn't hold, doesn't hold up that they don't get the pressure from the outside that they need. But I think they're too smart to wear those defensive ends down. Their big pressure is going to, it comes from the middle. And I actually like the Rams to win this one on the road. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What would they, would you take them at minus 3.5 though? Probably. Okay. We like that. We like that. I'd like it better if it was three. Well, I, (laughs) to be honest, because you know, yeah. Um, we got two games to concentrate on 49ers at Broncos, Cowboys at Giants. Uh, I don't normally do this, guys. Which one do you want to talk about first? I'll, I'll, it's, I'll do 49ers, Broncos. This is uh, 49ers <laughs> at Broncos. It's the nice, return. it's nice and balanced. Goes yeah, back yeah. and forth. The return of the prodigal son, huh? Kieran, uh, you, you must be thrilled. Jimmy <laughs> well, I'm obviously not thrilled about Trey Lance <laughs> getting injured, but like. And the rumor is, I don't know if you know this, but Jimmy G is getting $350,000 a game now. That's not a rumor. That's his contract. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah, it's, an, it's, a, it's a, bo- a bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He restructured yeah. his deal. He's not getting actually that much money. He was, he, was, he was one of the highest paid. He would have been one of the highest paid backups in the league, but now he's just like lower tier starter. Yeah, yeah he was going to get $24 million. Um, I, th- I think he's, he, this one was kind of like 6 million plus bonuses that could work mm. it up to maybe 12 or something like that. And, you know, although I have to say, I will be very shocked if Jimmy G makes it to the end of the season without getting injured. That's the thing as well. Like mm-hmm. speaking of injuries, you really have to, before we kind of assess the game as a whole, you have, have to feel for Trey Lance, uh, and you have to feel for me because he was my quarterback in fantasy. So you have to really feel oh, for really? both of us in this situation. It's a, yeah. a, a terrible time. But, you know, that was... It's, sorry, it's tough, isn't it? It is tough now that you bring it up. I mean, mm-hmm. horrible for him. You know, he's, oh, still, yeah. he's still that 2019 season John, at North North Dakota State. is remains his last season of football. Yeah, he played, played. Two, two and a half games, I think it was, last yeah. year. And then one and like a bit of a quarter uh this thing and that that'll yeah. be him for a year at most and like yeah really but, really really hope he comes back like i'm not i've got no strong feelings towards san francisco whatsoever i don't dislike them by any stretch but i really hope the trey lance gets back there because it's such a horrible injury to see and it was you know those those particularly graphic ones are very very hard to take yeah and now if he comes back the the niners are in basically the same situation jimmy g will be gone Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it will be Lance against whoever, you know, Brock Purdy or whoever the yeah, backup got, is by, by the Mr. end of Irrelevant the season. Mr. Irrelevant is playing back up there. They're finally yeah, a, a but, relevant Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, but what nobody seems to have noticed is that Trey Lance is now advancing toward the decision time of his rookie contract very mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's again, it's going to be that situation where the Niners have to make up their mind. About and they're, they're somewhat pot committed with the amount of... Yeah, draft capital they spent on as well. So it'll be very interesting to see where they go. But anyway, they have a game to play before they make those types of decisions. And that comes, uh, like we said, this weekend against Denver. Um, We justifiably have questions about what's going on in Denver. If the quarterback situation and the head coaching situation and the calls, some of the the more strange things, I think a lot of alarm bells were rung. Uh, in week one, when I can't remember what the distance was, but when they elected to go for a 64-yard field, field goal rather than trusting their new superstar quarterback, who, again, they've spent a couple of first-round picks on to go and do essentially what his job is, 
But anyway, that is. It was a fourth and seven, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, maybe if 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 you have Drew Locke starting there, I can see, I can understand the decision. But look, if you got Russell Wilson and he's playing in his first game for the new team, let him cook, him, John. Get him, but yeah, you got to let the man cook, as he let says himself. <laughs> yeah. So in this game, uh, I think as dispiriting as the uh, Trey Lance injury was to San Francisco, I think short term, at least they're probably in a better situation without him. Uh, Jimmy G, assuming his shoulder is kind of up and running properly. Uh, Jimmy G is, he knows the offense a lot better. They obviously, they were, you know, stones throw away from, you know, going all the way last year, really, if you think about it. And um, they, uh, this Denver team are coming into the game with really poor form. Their offense is not going whatsoever. And now they've Jerry Judy's gone. Pat Sertain has gone from the other side of the ball as well. So I think the 49ers should pretty much coast on this one. Um, You know, away in Denver, it's a trickier one. So just looking through my notes on this one, when I was observing this match, I think this one stands out to me as kind of a 49ers money line bet, but then throw it into your accumulator to to boost something. Uh, But I'd be very confident in a 49ers win here. And, you know, the Niners last weekend played great defense. You know, Jimmy G came in and invigorated the defense. You know, he might as well have been playing playing safety. He was um, shouting runner pass like. <laughs> but to me, to me, the question here is the forty four five. I mean, I agree with John. I might take the Niners even giving a point um, as a pretty good bet. Denver, I worry always worry about visiting teams in Denver because of the altitude. And, yeah, exactly. You know, going on, but but the forty four and a half to me seems fairly vulnerable, and I might go under on that. Um, which is a strange thing when you think of these two teams in high, supposedly well, high-powered offense. Denver don't go over very often. Like they didn't last season. They stunk up red zone in the nine twenty-five slot many the time last year, and their two yeah. games so far haven't been great. And yeah, exactly. I was going to say the evidence so far this season doesn't fill me with any sort of confidence towards them. Well, Mike, what do you think is going wrong at Denver? And not something going wrong. I mean, they won it the weekend, so everyone's going to be like, "What are you I, talking about?" I can but do it. What it was a bit. One word. In one word. Nathaniel Hackett. That's. Uh, <laughs> I, I, cool meme, Mike. I did a lot of his games when he was on radio, when he was the uh, co- offensive coordinator of the Jags. And I never saw anything to justify his reputation as, as a you know really great up-and-coming young coordinator. The, their offense was usually pretty hopeless. And then he went to Green Bay. But, you know, what, is, what does a quarterback's coach do in Green Bay or an offensive coordinator? they do in green bay it's like yeah what do you want to do aaron <laughs> yeah exactly good play you know good, <laughs> good spot um His so work with jordan know, love has really paid off it, i think it's deeper than the indecision and and i was a person who thought okay you go from green bay and rogers to denver and russ and it's not a dissimilar situation you know russell's the same kind of guy and that he can keep plays alive and and you know, play in the breakdown without being a scrambler like Rogers is, you know, he moves well in the pocket, whatever. Haven't seen anything, any of that. I don't know what kind of offense they're really running. That's, that's the interesting thing. I could, I don't know if I could describe it to you. And Wilson does not look very sharp either. So, you know, this, this all and Jerry Judy being out, as John said, it all leads me to kind of downplay the Broncos. And, and it also without Von Miller, it's not the defense you know, that it was before when before Brian Miller left to get a ring with the Rams. Um, they really miss having a really top rusher uh, on the other side, you know. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm just so, trying yeah. to, I'm trying to f- find, um, I think th- there was a play in that Denver game. It was in the second half. I think it was about third and one, third and two. And Russell Wilson handed it off to a guy who I believe it was only his second or third snap in the whole NFL 
uh, and he ran to the right and it looked like he was then meant to like lateral it to another person but he didn't oh oh no that that was beck and beck's been around a while as a backup tight end so he he's a tight end and they use him at fullback and they had him lined up as a fullback on that play and it was third and one i believe yeah what, what like what was that whole play and you Absolute have you have javante williams you you have Mel. you know and um they ran what looked like an op- it was like an old triple option play, except the the dive option was was taken away. So he's running to the outside, and he's got I think it was Javante Williams on the outside of him, um, so he could lateral the ball. But by the time he gets to the sideline, which makes the lateral impossible, there's nowhere for him to run, and he's running like a tight end. I mean, he'd made a nice catch earlier in the game, got a few yards after that catch. But yeah, it, it was a crazy kind of play call. If it had worked, everyone said, "Oh no, I was expecting that." But <laughs> mm, it's only as good when it works. Uh, last game that we're going to concentrate on is the Cowboys at Gen- Giants. Excuse me, the Cowboys, Cowboys at New York Giants. Gen- New York gentlemen. <laughs> now it's because I was about to ask you, gentlemen. I'd like, um, especially you, Mike. Uh, um, the last time that the Giants, the Jets, the Yankees, and the Mets all won on the same day, they won on Sunday. But when was the last time? What year was it, would you say? 1995. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it was. It, it, it was like um, yeah, of course, John. Yeah, yeah. I'll cool. go 1996. So I'll be closer <laughs> to the real answer. <laughs> That's a gambler's answer. <laughs> that works. Uh, it was September 27th, 2009. That so I right. Time. That was the last time. Uh, and that was the year the Jets got to the AFC Championship game. So, Oh, yeah. As somebody said, that was their Super Bowl year. <laughs> Nine and seven. <laughs> um, uh, Dallas Cowboys yeah. 11 to 10. The New York Giants are three to four. Uh, the Giants are favorites. One and a half points. Uh, the over under. Down to one and a half. Yeah, the, the bookies are coming to their senses. Uh, coming to our senses. Well, let's start with you then, Mike. We, it was two and a half yesterday. I, I was going to take this as my best bet, giving Dallas two and a half. Uh, although, you know, the different. Um, the Giants are not playing great football, but they're not making the kind of mistakes they've made uh, so much, you know, uh, over the past. To me, this matchup is Micah Parsons against Daniel Jones. Um, and the Giants offensive line is going to need to perform you know, really well. Saquon Barkley, you could look at it as Saquon Barkley against Zeke and Pollard as well. The biggest surprise, I think, of the season to me so far is that Tyler Smith has played reasonably well at left tackle for Dallas. And that was supposed to be the big, you know, the huge problem when Tyron Smith got hurt was that he was just simply not ready to play tackle in the NFL. But he's actually looked pretty good, especially in the run game. Um, So I think Brian Dable has done a great job in two games with this team. Um, But, you know, go back to last week. If they don't get handed two fumbles in the first quarter from which they can only extract six points and one of them was a fumbled kickoff on like the 10 yard line um they lose they lose that game and you know i just can't see them getting that same generosity from the cowboys um and i'm not going crazy on the cowboys i'm not kind of overrating them or anything like that but i do think they're good enough to beat the giants and uh, down to one and a half i still might take the cowboys john how do you see this one go this one, um, yeah, like I'm not a whole much more to add from what Mike said, but the only thing I will say is that 
on uh, what seems to be a strange week in the over-unders. None of us have really gone over-unders in this one. It's um, 39 and a half, or at least it was when I checked. And uh, mm. just because Low, yeah. I will always get 10. If the first number is a three in an, over, in an over-under, it's always kind of, it, it sticks out to me a little bit. 304. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so that's what I'm leaning towards in this one, but it's by no means one of my more confident ones of the, of the week. Um, but if, you know... I don't even think I'll put this into my accumulator, to be quite honest with you, but uh, my 39 and a half is probably what I would do if, uh, if I was forced. Oh, would you go under? Uh, over, excuse me. Over, yeah. Over, yeah, over 39 and a half, just because I'm tempted there. And look, uh, like you said it with um, Paul Art, who in my opinion is Orby 1 there now, and, uh, and Elliot is Orby 2, even though they've got the contracts the wrong way around by the looks of things. Um, and the touches. So let's just be clear, because we've heard this argument before. Well, Zeke is still getting more touches, but Potter is getting more yards. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting one. And uh, look, as well, from a Giants perspective, I think it's uh, it's really good to see what appears to be a healthy Saquon Barkley back in the league. He's just, you know, he's had a really pretty tough time of it since he was selected in the draft number two overall. He's, he's shone brilliantly when he's been fit. He's looks absolutely dynamic um but even but just last season was even just a full he was there for most of it but he was just it was just a write-off because he was still recovering from the series into the year before so he looks like just from the evidence we've seen so far he looks like he's back on the rails which is great to see and there are potential for um points between just those three aforementioned players so because it's 39 and a half it, look if that i think it might sneak over if that was like 44 or something i wouldn't even be mentioning this but 39 and a half i think is probably doable Okay. Uh, uh, based on statistically, because the Giants have started 2-0, they now have a 46% chance of making the playoffs. All right. Um, which, you know, fair play to them. Yeah. Uh, top of that list, by the way, is the Bills at 93 and the Bucks also at 93%, if, if you're so inclined. Uh, if they can survive Aaron Rodgers in Tampa. Uh, the bottom teams are current. <laughs> well, the bottom team is actually Falcons with a 6% chance. Falcons, really? Playoffs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just full yeah, of stats. Suppose, now, I'll yeah. let you guys think about your best bets while I just... Yeah. Just do you, do you remember what they were really doing? One more point, just quickly. Do you remember what happened the last time Aaron Rodgers went down to Tampa in the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago, where where they were down by eight, and they had it was similar. They had a fourth and seven, six or seven, I think, down by the goal line, and and um, Lafleur decided to kick a field goal with oh, two really? minutes left and and get to get the ball back and then try to win. They didn't get the ball back, and Rodgers didn't like that, you know. And that was before he was in the ayahuasca tea um, <laughs> mode. So he didn't, he wasn't able to kind of merge with Lafleur's universe at that point. <laughs> uh, don't forget at the moment, uh, it's a two pound free bet. When you bet 10 pound worth of Akis or bet builders on football, uh, keep an eye out on the way website, head to the bet for sports book. If you listen to us uh, or on Saturday or Sunday, there's a huge amount of promotions over on the weekends on bet for sports book. Some of it relating to the NFL, to football, to racing. So do keep an eye on that. Um, and a reminder, also, as always, please do gamble responsibly this weekend and every single weekend. Uh, gentlemen, um, I, I go I, first I just, so Mike doesn't steal my one. How's, how's uh, okay, well, that's not normally how we do it. It's normally would be, whoever wins. Would not be a very... Would, would, uh, we both lost. You, oh, you won. Oh, you go. Uh, okay. I won, no, no yes, fair enough. Yes, you go one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. thank you, John. Just this once. Just this yeah. once. Um, two, you know, two of the three of us are one and one on the season. I'm going to go to the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the New York Jets. For God's sake, For God's sake. You see, he, this again, this is like the gambler's bet. When I say 1995, he says 96, because that means everything else is right. If he, says, if he says, you've stolen my bet, he gets two shots. At the yeah. <laughs> so, 
He doesn't know. Let me share my screen with you. It's, I've got it written right here. Actually, most most people still listen to the audio, but I'm sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've got it written right here on the fifteenth card here. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati Bengals minus four point five. I think um, look, they're, they're, they haven't been firing, but uh, a trip to the Jets yeah. is a good chance uh, to get them back firing. John, was that really what you were going to go for? It was exactly what I can't believe I let you go first. <laughs> right, well, we let you think about what you wanted to do. Uh, I, Mike, I, got, I did. Okay, I did you have a backup backup. one just for this. For okay, this. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm taking Seattle, giving a point and a half to Atlanta at home um, as my best bet. Okay. Yeah. Let's hope I John thought, I thought about your... Tampa, but but more things can go wrong with Aaron Rodgers than than with Marcus Mariota. Mm. Okay. The I might actually hang on. Let me just look at this very quickly. Talk amongst yourselves. It's not really how this works. <laughs> anyway, Karen, you've got it. You've got it funny. What's the over under again? I do have a separate one, but what's the over under in Bills Dolphins? Uh, fifty-two point five. Okay, my best bet for the week isn't that. My best bet, I'm going to go with it. It's a slightly, it's a slightly riskier one. I'm going to admit that from the get-go, but my, because it's my second choice, my oh, second best bet of the week is the Bills at minus five and a half. I think they have uh, enough about them to, uh, to, to beat this, to put a couple of touchdowns on the Dolphins team. Excellent. What, what do you think about under 53-5 with Detroit-Minnesota? I, I like that. I like that too. Mm. Okay, well, you don't get another one. So no, no, I would. I'm just threw that out there because it was another one of these, you know, ones I was considering, and I, and we didn't talk about those two teams. Yeah. Well, we talked about I, Detroit a little. I but, only uh, considered one because I saw John's notes when the camera moved down. So, um, <laughs> uh, and, and that's it. That's the end of this week's episode of NFL. Only better. My thanks to all of you for listening or for watching us on YouTube. Um, it's wonderful. Thanks so much for joining us again on on our fourth season. Uh, we're going to get good at this any day now, you know, probably in yeah. the 80, episode 80. We'll be fine. <laughs> uh, Michael, remember to turn up. Was that your phone or was that your doorbell? Or what it was, was both phones. It was MI5 contacting on a secret pager. Yeah, no, they, 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 they hear everything. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my thanks to John Balf and my thanks to Mike Harris for much. joining us today. A little bit later than usual. Uh, so we're dropping a little bit later, uh, probably into your ears, but uh, we're still here. And uh, look, we've got busy lives, uh, but uh, thank you for listening. And please, a reminder to please gamble responsibly, please gamble responsibly, even. <laughs> we're all off to explain memes to Mike. Bye for now. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs>